Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. This simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our Excel platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or $50 per season for on-screen and in-text. That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrap. GameStrap has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports, like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making any game adjustments, you can play more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. I'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. Scout cards, player quizzing to installs. Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party and check out Just Play this all season before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com. Sign up for a free demo and let them know we sent you. Alright, uh, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we've got uh, Coach Eric Kelly. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator at Bethel College there. How you doing tonight, Coach? Man, doing good. Doing good. How about y'all? Well, we're we're learning how to teach online, right, Tony? <laughs> Day eight of self-quarantine. <laughs> yeah, <really. That's> crazy. <laughs> I'm hoping my marriage I'm hoping my marriage lasts. <laughs> <laughs> my fiance's been loving it, so yeah. yeah. Well good. You're young. <laughs> All right, man, why don't you get us started? Talk about your background, where you played, um, you know, and then your journey to get to Bethel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, in high school, uh, I went to Cy Ranch High School in Houston, uh, born and raised in Houston. Uh, and then, um, you know, I walked on at Harding University in 2011. And, uh, you know, from there, uh, I played from 2011 to 2016. Uh, I actually had two redshirt years there. Um, one regular and one med red. So I got, I got to soak up a lot of knowledge from coach Kenny Wheaton and those guys over there at Harding. Um, 
And, uh, you know, after, after college, man, I graduated, uh, I got my master's in business and I was like, man, I'm going to try to get away from the game. Um, you know, go the business route. Um, see if I can stay away from it. So one of my, my high school coach at Side Ranch told me this, he was like, if you, if you want to go into coaching, you need to get away from it. And he was like, if you can't stay away, then you're meant to be a coach. So um, that's the best advice I ever got. Um, so I did the whole um, business route, worked for a, a marketing and sales thing for, uh, for a gym in Little Rock. And then uh, I got the call. I was, you know, I was kind of, I was not in love with what I did. You know, I was just going through day to day. Um, and then I got a call out of, out of nowhere from Coach Harrison, um, our head coach here at Bethel. Um, he had been reaching out to Coach Wheaton over at Harding and Coach Matt Underwood at Harding, um, and asked. They were, he was asking for if they if they had if they had any uh, slot guys or any you know triple option guys that they would recommend. Uh, and they gave me my name. Um, and then he's like, "Hey man, um, you know, there's no interview, no nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, their word means a lot." And uh, if you want the job, it's yours. And I was like, holy crap. I'm sitting at my office, like, like <laughs> at my job. And I was like, yep, I'm going. And I had just signed an 11-month lease <laughs> on an apartment. Wow. And I was just like, man, you know what? You don't get too many opportunities to go, you know, straight into coaching and have your own position group and all that good stuff. And then, uh, and then yeah, now we're here. I've been coaching for about two years. So... Um, I actually got, I got promoted to OC last year. So, um, life is good right now, man. Trying to get better. Well, that's awesome. Um, I, I tell you, uh, I guess it was a little bit of nervousness after signing 11 month lease. Oh, man. <laughs> Taking yeah. a leap of faith, right? Yeah, man. Uh, I actually did not make any money at all that season. So just yeah. straight to the lease. <laughs> well, that's about right, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, um, now that you've been in, in there at Bethel and you've kind of gotten a taste of what, what it's like there, maybe talk about, mm -hmm. you know, a coach, a mentor, somebody that you've, uh, that you've leaned on on the last couple of years maybe to just kind of help you through some things. Yeah, um, my, my dad for sure was a big, um, you know, obviously he's, he's the guy that was, you know, I was very nervous to like <laughs> leave an 11 month lease and just be like, you know, I'm gone. I'll pay it from, from, you know, Kansas. Um, and he was the guy that encouraged me to do that. And he was like, you know, these, these opportunities, you know, don't come very often. And, um, he's been very supportive of my coaching career and doing what I love. So, um, he's definitely a guy. And then also since I've been here, um, definitely coach Harrison, um, he's definitely become a mentor to me, um, not only in football, but, um, from, a, from a marriage aspect, I've gotten a lot of, uh, I've gotten a lot of helpful stuff from him. Um, you know, just on, you know, just on marriage and how, <laughs> how the wife operates and what to be prepared for. So, um, that's been awesome because, um, you know, <laughs> it's all new to me, man. I have a fiance right now, so I'm learning day to day. So it's good to have a guy that's been there, done that. Yeah. And so is she. So that's, yeah, exactly. That's what you yeah. got to remember. Yeah. 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 Happy exactly. wife, happy life, right? There you go. man. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell. Hey, Coach, yeah. what, posi what position did you play at Harding? I played slot back at Harding. So the A-back, um, wing back, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
yeah, that's that's the position I played all all six years. Oh, very cool. We recently got back from Harding, and uh, I was able to sit in with Coach Underwood, and I basically mm-hmm. primarily focused on the on the slots. And man, he does a fantastic job with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually got the pleasure of working with Underwood for three years. Um, so he came in my redshirt sophomore year, or yeah, redshirt sophomore year, um, and then came from Memphis and took over that slot job. And um, I mean, he freaking dove into it, man. He he was a he was a slot a slot nut for about uh, two years. Now and now he's just got it down, but he was he was. Uh, he definitely devoted himself to the game and loved it, man. And um, he definitely got me better, for sure. I'll tell you one thing that uh, impressed me, too, is uh, just watching the practice, is you didn't see anybody hollering and screaming. You know what I mean? That's I was yeah. like, I, I seen a fumbled pitch or something like that. I'd be going crazy, you know what I mean, losing my mind. But these guys, uh, not only did they show us how to coach their positions, but just role models in general. Uh, that's what I took away from it, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, funny story, actually. I was actually um, – I was on the team when Harding set the um, the NCAA record for um, fumbles in a season. Um, I think that was like 2013 or 2012. Um, and that offseason after that fall, it, before, before, before that season, it was yelling every time it was on the ground, you know um, – very, you know, please don't fumble the football. Um, urgency, right? Like a, putting that yeah. urgency on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And coach, we, so I, I was talking to Coach Hutt probably um, three weeks ago, who was the head football coach at, at Harding uh, while I was there. Um, and he was talking about the switch from fall season to off season was um, focusing on the details rather than focusing on not fumbling, you know. Focusing on high and tight, you know, three pressure points, um, you know, every technique you can focus on, ball security, instead of, you know, getting pissed off when the ball gets dropped on the ground and blah, blah, blah. It's, hey, what did you do there that you didn't do, you know, that you were supposed to do technique-wise? Coaching. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then it became not a freak out and everybody, you know, I, I can't fumble, I can't fumble, but it just became a, you know, um, this is just what we do. We go high and tight, chin the football, um, and it like we went from the most fumbles to like I think we had the highest turnover ratio, um, you know, in the NCAA lap that next year. So that was just a cool tidbit that I I just picked up from Coach Huck, you know, the other day. Uh, that's that's impressive, man. That uh, I tell you what too, it's, it's just been a lot of talk too about the uh, ball security because we didn't we didn't yeah. see a whole lot of ball security going on. Um, you know, compared to, you know, guys that study the triple option, you watch the Army, the Navy's out there, and they're spending 15, 20 minutes, probably not that long, but they're, they're, they're emphasizing the ball security part of it on a daily basis. Um, are you guys at Bethel, I mean, you, are, you, are you having a ball security deal, or are you just, you know, uh, coaching the, uh, those points, like you said? Putting yeah. yeah, that's, that's um, you know, that's week one, week two stuff. Um, we really focus on it, technique. Um, and then from then on, it's more of in film or at practice, like, hey, chin the ball. Or, you know, and when I'm sending my guys cut-ups, it's like, hey, you, you're letting the ball slack here and your, your nose is – you're spilling the milk type deal. Um, and then it's just coaching points from there. You know, it's not, it's not a um, – you know, we're not going to stop the drill. 
um, and do up downs because a guy, you know, dropped the ball. But it's going to be – it's not going to be something that's accepted, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Um, and you, when you have a bunch of guys that respect you as a coach, like, you know, it's just something, the problem that takes care of itself. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Hey, Coach, Coach uh, McLeod, you know what I'm talking about, like the old circuit, right? The old ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Get the fumble pro out, get over the bags, get yeah. the covers, go yeah. through the, the, the uh, you know, the arms. What's that daggone? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we, we do do that. Um, blaster. You know, we do. The blaster, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, Coach, um, let's talk about uh, Bethel a little bit. Uh, talk about Bethel. Uh, Bethel's uh, triple option. Starting us, uh, start us out by maybe talking about your Big Five. Yeah. Um. And so this is gonna sound blasphemous, but we probably have a Big Six. Um. <laughs> um and uh, I think we get away with it because, um, you know, one of those, one of those, one of our Big Fives, we we can get away with, you know, only practicing it or maybe twice a week type deal, if that makes sense. So, um, but our big five is definitely zone dive, uh, zone option, uh, triple gear, whatever you want to call it, um, mid-triple, mid-double, PAP, and belly. Um, we kind of put mid-triple and mid-double together um, because a lot of it's the same footwork and really the only, um, you know, really the only difference is tackling slots. Um, so, uh we kind of that that's that's our big you know that's our big five and of course we have you know um plays that pair with all of those plays as well but um yeah that, that's that's what we do that's what we spend our time on well i noticed you you mentioned zone dive first so so maybe talk about how important that is for you guys oh man um you know uh it's gonna you're gonna hear a lot of coach wheaton right here but um it's you go you have to establish the be back you know um first and foremost um if you're not establishing the be back you can't get anything else going um so uh and for us um you know when we started out um year 1 year 2 there's there's a lot of defenses d coordinators that haven't played against the triple option in a long time and so we saw a lot of jump fronts um and so zone dive is a great play for teams doing crazy stuff that you're like, that's not a real defense runs on dive. You know, I'm sure y'all seen that <laughs> um, before, but um, uh, you know, we, I think we called zone dive was 23% of our play calls. Um, like, so a quarter of all of our plays last season was zone dive. Um, and we averaged, I think 6.1 yards per, per play on zone dive. So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's de it was definitely a great play for us. Um, and, you know, with our slots being, you know, they were definitely home run hitters for us last year. Um, we got guys spread out, spread out, spread out. And so um, zone dive was an awesome way to just establish our B-back. Well, Coach, um, this, next, this next one's going to be about how you practice, okay? And it's, it's kind yeah. of a, a three-tiered question, so maybe I'll give it to you one at yeah. a time here. I wanted sure. uh, maybe maybe for somebody out there who hadn't got a chance to see Bethel practice or uh, a play uh, mm -hmm. or or Harding right, and maybe they don't yep. know about that you know uh, that part of the country or something like that. So maybe talk yep. about how you guys are unique in the way you guys practice. Uh, uh, start from maybe the, the physical practice side of it. Yeah. Um, so I guess you could say we're not really physical at all um, during practice. 
Um, the most physical our offense gets is during co-op or, uh, you know, being running scout plays for our offense. Um, that is full tilt, you know, helmet on helmet, plastic on plastic going at it. Um, and then, uh, you know, from a from an O-line standpoint is pushing heavy bags. That's about as physical as it gets. Um, slots, receivers, quarterbacks, Bs, um, you know, they're, they're not hitting at all during, during practice. Um, for us, you know, it's just about pace of practice and how fast we can get, get reps in. And so I, I remember hearing about RA or rule application. You guys put yes. a big emphasis on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that kind of ties into the pods, uh, definitely. But um, for us, it's about – how many times can you apply your rule over and over and over and over and over again? You know, um, so uh, the more reps we can get and the faster we can go, um, we can apply. You know, everybody gets a chance to apply their rules to all all the different fits you can possibly get. Um, and so when it comes when it comes to uh, you know game day, um, you know they they they've seen everything they can possibly get and they've seen it live fast. Um, and, and, and they, they're in the right spots. So that's what, I mean, that's all you can ask for is your guys to be in the right spots. Um, we believe that, you know, physicality is a mental, a mental aspect of your game. Um, and, uh, you know, we established that by, you know, <laughs> recruiting tough kids first and foremost. Um, but also, you know, um, when, when we do go live and we do go contact, you know, we, we want them to, you know, He's your brother at the end of the day, but you need to put your brother in the dirt, you know. So that's 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 how we get better. Um, and uh, you know, we've actually had no problems with our guys ever, you know, being soft on Saturdays. And we, you know, we rarely ever go, you know, contact on contact. So, well, coach, somebody who has never really heard of the pod thing, can you maybe just give us a couple examples of, of kind of what a pod is? Yeah, so um, pods are basically um, – so, like, we'll, we'll go to our big five, right? Um, so we'll have group pod, um, lion pod, you know, uh, and then all these different pods, right, where we'll, we'll have a 10-minute period usually. Uh, so group pod is zone dive and mid-double. And we will rip through 45 plays in 10 minutes, running zone dive to every, to, um, to every fit, and then we'll run mid-double to every fit. Um, and we'll usually get, you know, two, two reps, three reps of each. So um, hopefully that kind of answers your question. Of yeah, and you're, you're, you're ones and twos, and everybody's getting reps too, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we – so um, during spring, spring ball, we'll go – we'll try to get all the way to our threes get reps, the same amount of reps. And then in fall – um, we'll go ones and twos, um, get the exact same amount of reps, and then threes get sprinkled in there um, as well. So, okay, last last part about this question, then I then I'll let you talk a little bit, Coach McLeod. My bad, man. But, no, uh, you're good. I'm great. <laughs> <stuff now. laughs> All right. Uh, uh, within the the pods, right? Uh, you talk yeah. about the, the the fits. Talk about how. Um, and I thought you guys do a great job. Uh, got to hear uh, Coach Coach Harrison uh, talk about how you guys do it in Dallas a little bit. And I like how you mm -hmm. organize, you know, your cards and everything for practicing. But, you, but your coach is giving the fits, right, rather than yes. having the scout team guys over there messing it up and doing it wrong. 
Yes, they 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 got me running track practice out here. At, <laughs> at football practice, man. Um, I'm I'm the alley player usually, so I'm number three. Um, or you know the high defender, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, you know I'm running the alley, working on slot fits. Um, Coach Stokes, our quarterback coach, quarter Q's and B's coach is working number two, so the quarterback um, pitch key. Um, he's working the quarterbacks at all times because, um, you know, what's cool about that is, you know, you know your guys. You know, I know my slots. I know he knows his quarterbacks and what they're good at and what they're not good at. Um, so they were pretty good at giving them looks where, you know, we're, we're trying to test them and, and make sure they're, you know, they're on their P's and Q's. Uh, and then we have uh, our Coach Harrison, our head coach. Um, he's, he's usually at Mike um, watching O-line fits and, and steps. Uh, and then we have our assistant O-line coach be um, uh, number one, uh, which is the dive key. Um, and he's he's awesome with that. He's good. You know, you got to have guys that are committed to giving your players good looks, even when they're tired. You know, so all that stuff you're preaching to kids, um, you, you got to be about it when you're giving your kids looks. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you've seen way more football than those kids. So you know exactly what it's going to look like and you will definitely get better looks than, than your kids can possibly ever give. Um, and, uh, and then we have an action key, which was our other assistant coach. And he's just, he's just fitting up the with the guard uh, and uh, you know, working, working V-backs, slidings, sinks. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's important. I think trying to coach a kid or a player to do those things is is really tough. So yeah, um, yeah, I believe in coaches being reads. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's continue talking pods. So, mm-hmm. um, when you're planning your pods, and again, you know, people that haven't really practiced this way, sort of, this is the part I think don't understand or, or fail at trying to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you gonna? make sure you're covering all your fits. Um, and again, maybe not about covering every individual possibility, but making sure your, your guys are seeing what they need to see. For instance, uh, a play side tackle on zone dive needs to see two or three or four things. Uh, yeah. A play side slot needs to see two or three or four things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about, you know, kind of how you're <clears throat> prepping that and, uh, and how you're doing that for practice. Absolutely. So um, for me personally, I plan all the fits for the week. Um, and so um, when I'm when I'm planning all these practices out, uh, I basically I come up with a template to make sure that we're getting, you know, um, all the looks we need to have that week. So we have four practices, which we usually do. Um, we usually stagger it like this. So Monday practices are the same as Thursday practices. Tuesday, Thursday practices are the same as Friday practices, um, so on and so forth type deal. Um, and uh, so for for pods, so zone dive pod, group pod, whatever you want to call it, um, you don't need to practice against a stack or a jump front you see, um, you know, that you saw last year or something like that. Uh, for us, we run a 4-3, a 4-2, and a 3-4 in group pod. So that's running mid double and zone dive. Um, because at the end of the day, um, when your tackle, when your t- all the fits that your tackle needs to see is a four eye, a four and a five tech. <clears throat> so if they're running a stack, 
he'll get one of those. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's no, (laughs) there's no new technique. Um, so when we're running through those, uh, he's getting every single fit, um, and every single look. So what we do is, um, there's, there's an up stunt and X stunt, which is a squeeze that those heavy DNs, heavy fives or a lightning stunt. Um, and you can get an up stunt out of a four eye, a four and a five. You can get an X stunt, which is a, you can get an X stunt out of a four eye, which is a pinch, a four, which is a pinch and, um, and a five tech, which is, you know, <clears throat> that's rare. You see that you usually see that against four twos, um, especially in zone dive. Uh, if a five tech crosses uh, <laughs> the tackle's face, he's really going, um, so zone dive will probably be pretty good. Um, and then, uh, and then a lightning stunt, you can get that of a four eye, a four and a five tech, which is, um, the dive key and the pitch key switching responsibilities. You know, there's a lot of terms for it. Um, a one, two exchange. Uh, but if you're doing those three things out of, you know, a four, three, a four, two and a three, four, there's no defense. Um, you know, you can come up with that, you know, that, you, you know, from a, position specific look you know they can they can throw something at them that's like oh i've never seen that you know a guard's gonna have gonna see a shade a two and a two eye or or three you know rarely you ever see twos but um and then the center's gonna see a nose and a shade or nothing you know so there's there's no other defense you can possibly come up with to confuse that guy's responsibility and what we were talking about um, with uh, you know uh, what what did we mention earlier with the um, uh, do your job or what, what what did you call it again, coach? Rule application. Rule application. Yeah, sorry, it's like my, I should have I should know that I'm terrible. It's okay. Uh, yeah, um, you don't catch uh, up now. Yeah, I know. But you won't call Kenny and tell him you screwed that exactly, up. Exactly, man. Uh, but they have applied all their rules to every single thing they can possibly see. So um, no matter what they do when it comes game day, they've seen that and they know what rule to apply to that certain, you know, look or technique, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, to be able to kind of tell the listeners too, like what you're saying, you know, it's important. This is not your typical way people have practiced in the past. and, And so, you know, you're, you're really focusing on small chunks Mm-hmm. maybe making a chunk a little bigger in a half line concept. And then maybe at the end you get a little teamwork. So they'll throw the ball a little bit, but yeah, exactly. You know, I think for, for people that have done traditional practice methods, they look at you a little bit like you're crazy, but then when you <laughs> really, but, but just like you said, yeah, when you really drill it down. The tackle can only see three or four things, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it. I mean, it, it, I mean, there's nothing else. Yep. I mean, really. I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Unless you got really exotic, yeah, know, like stacking two D linemen over one dude or something. Where I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm just making stuff up. But exactly. So. At a half line, he's going to veer a four eye, um, or try to uh, a four and a five. You know, he's going to do all that. Um, right. So, right. Uh, you know, I think it's just important for people to know that you know you can practice and coach the details and not ever be in team. If you exactly. know what I mean, like you may exactly. never get there. Yeah, it's uh, it's when you break it down, it's really army like. You know, everybody's got their own jobs and they're doing their own jobs. And when it's game day, um, you know, we're putting all those jobs together. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool when it comes together, though, for sure. Yep. Yep. Now, I think when we had uh, Coach Harrison on, we 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 asked him about um, uh, 
speculate, you know, speculating, you know, you, you got a team coming up and, you know, you're mm. kind of thinking about how they're going to line up against you. And he's like, man, I think we were wrong just about every single game, you know, yeah. <laughs> that we yeah. lined up to play, you know, I think yeah. The, yeah. the way that you guys practice uh, kind of prepares you for, for anything. You know what I mean? You said yeah. a speculate. Coach Wheaton exactly. was talking about don't speculate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that helps you on play calls too, man. And, and just the kids being prepared for, um, you know, it's, it's a mental factor. You know, if you're preparing for a three, four all week and you get a four, three, the kids are like, crap, man, even though they've done it like all three weeks before um, and they're, they're perfectly prepared, they can still do it. But the fact that they just practiced three, four all week and now they got a four, three, it's just a mental thing. Whereas, you know, we're telling, hey, this is all you can see ever, you know, in defense. <laughs> you know, they can't possibly throw another defense at you. Um, and so they they come in the game prepared and feeling like, you know, just 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 show me what you got, man, and, and we'll roll from here, you know. So, and I love that attitude. So, yeah, it absolutely. yeah it's fun, man. All right, well, kind of rolling into this next question now. Um, let's talk about what you guys are doing. Uh, Coach Harrison talked a little bit about this at Dallas. Um, uh, how you guys have evolved your play calling with the flex bone. Um, he talked about the next evolution. So you guys are, are innovative in the fact that your, uh, uh, your tempo isn't just a check with me deal where it's back and forth with a moving stemming defense. You guys will get the play called and then you train your kids to get into the best version of that play call uh, or, the, yeah. or uh, uh, the tag, right? And can you talk maybe a little bit about that and how it's helped you guys? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this kind of, so for me being a slot, it was always, um, I hated being in like, so <laughs> it's going to sound like I'm talking bad about coach Wheaton cause I'm not, cause we were both in the same boat. So, um, when we would call mid triple, uh, to an odd front and they'd switch to four, three, right. Um, you know, now you're outnumbered. Um, I don't know if I have, should I, should I go into detail on that for the listeners or not? It's okay. Uh, you're good. Just keep rolling, Coach. All right, all right, cool. Um, well, um, it was it was always, you know, you better hope you get a two-for-one or else you're screwed, you know. Um, and uh, I, I hated that feeling uh, as a slot back. And it, it always felt so easy to me. You know, um, when we would run, we'd run triple at Harding, um, you know, we would call a line, a line call, you know, threes in the middle. Um, you know, right. line, 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 right? Um, we, we always had teams that would shift from two high to one high. Um, and in, when you're running beer, uh, you need to be able to check load to, <laughs> to be able to d handle that. Um, so um, they gave us the freedom to do that. Uh, you know, my, my senior year, they gave us the freedom to call it at the line. Um, and I was – so <laughs> when I became slot coach here, I was – I kind of took it and run with it because I hated um, having to guess, you know, what defense they're going to shift to, you know what I'm saying? Um, and coaches would, you know, coaches would shift defenses just to slow us down um, and get get behind in the play clock. And sometimes you'd have to call timeout. That was our first year, man, was um, <laughs> getting down in the play clock with five seconds left to, to snap the ball and then having to call timeout, man, because his defenses would shift. Um, so um, for me, I was like, you know, screw that. Um, I have smart, I have smart guys I can, I'm playing with and, you know, that, that, are, that I'm coaching and 
they can do this. You know, that was the big jump for me was um, knowing if they could, you know, call this stuff at the line um, and just kind of saying, you know what, screw it, we're going to do it. <laughs> so uh, I gave them the option to, you know, at mid-triple, um, the only thing that's ever going to screw you over is, um, you know, calling mid-triple um, and not having a Texas or Tango, whatever you want to call it. Um, teams call it different. Um, but putting that number, that tackle on number two, right? Um, and then, you know, now you're evened up. Now you have numbers, right, in mid-triple. Um, and so the only defensive front that will screw with you on that is a 4-3 um, when you're running mid-triple. Uh, so – I just gave uh, my slots, you know, license to kill on the fact that, you know, if you do get a four count or, you know, for, for non-counting -count, schools, if you get a four three, um, you know, you have the, you have the, um, you have the license to call a tango, tango tag, which is, you know, putting tackle on number two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that gets us right at the line. That's the only thing, that's the only thing you can possibly check out of mid triple. Like you don't need any other thing. Uh, so for us, um, it was just giving them that play. So for teams that were switching to odd to, to four, three really fast, um, we got screwed our first year. And then this year it was like, you know, our slots, all they had to do was whisper, you know, not even whisper. They just, they're so chill about it. They just go tango, tango, tango and tackles, boom, loops out to number two. And, uh, we're getting it pitched and, and getting the edge. So, um, and then, uh, on, on veer or triple, um, <clears throat> the only the only thing that can screw with us is you know teams from going to any any other defense to a four two you know to that one high where number three or, or the alley player whatever you want to call them is in the middle of the field right um, so uh, we we need to be able to load call that um, so whenever number three is in the middle of the field for for my guys they get to count at the line each and every time they come to the line if three's in the middle they have the license to call line line line. And that just tells the tackle, you know, we're working together on play side linebacker to, to free. So, um, you know, it's, it sounds like it's really complicated. It doesn't sound like it's really complicated because it's not. And I feel like a lot of people can do it. Um, but, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of trust in the fact that your slots can do that for you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and our, guy, our guys have been awesome at it. And they, the big deal for us is just working at it um on the board in practice always shifting um we have a tto period um i don't i don't know if we're talking about that later but um it's just stemming fronts we're working stemming fronts for a 10 minute pod period and slots have to uh you know get us right and tag us right so, you're trying to you're trying to catch them you set them up where you catch them uh, slipping a little bit yeah. yeah so we'll go from a three three to a four three um, we'll call mid triple uh, to a three three because you know that's what we what we like right three three to mid triple it's like let's go let's get the ball pitched and go um, they switch to a four three and it's oh crap you know so um, these guys always got to be looking and counting and you know when they get that four count it's Texas 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 boom now we're out so um, it's just a way to um, when we need to go when we need to really go. Um, we call base plays, you know, we call concepts, um, veer, mid triple, um, speedo, all, all these things. And, uh, you know, tell them, Hey, get us right. Um, and we're going fast. So, um, 
it's definitely it's definitely awesome. Uh, I like it because I don't have to be the greatest play caller in the world. Um, I just have to be a really good coach and make sure that my guys know what the heck they're, they're doing on the field. So I, I definitely like that. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's that's uh, very 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 detailed and very enlightening right there, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Coach, we're on the number eight here. Okay, we just got a couple more left, man. Uh, yeah. In terms of uh, in terms of the perimeter, this is I kind of need this right here, man. To be honest with you, mm -hmm. in terms yeah. of the perimeter, can you talk maybe about what circling the defense versus kicking and ducking ducking it means? Maybe the difference between the inside yeah. of your and uh, mid uh, midline triple for me. Absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, um, you have to teach your slots concepts. Um, you have they have to know. Um, why veer is different than mid triple um and that's sometimes that'll take a lot of <laughs> a long time uh you know especially for guys that are young uh, but hopefully those are the guys that are not playing for you yet uh but um for me i have i have to teach my slots that the differences in concepts between mid triple and triple <clears throat> um so you know on triple obviously it is a tighter alley path um, you know, you're catching it downhill and going. Uh, so, you know, when what I tell them is on, on triple man, you want to kick. You, you like, you need to kick, right? Um, but also on the, on the other side of that, I always tell them to stick to their five. Um, and I don't know if – I'm sure you've heard from Coach, Coach Underwood um, about the five-step concept. Yeah. Um, but – my guys, when they're arcing on their blocking path, they're going five steps flat. And on their fifth step, they are attacking. Um, they're either circling or kicking. Uh, you know, and so on their fifth step, <clears throat> if, that, if that guy is outside of him at all, if he's trying to maintain leverage outside, he's getting kicked. Um, and, and, you know, and if it's foggy, so me being a slot, I know that it's not always clear. Um, <laughs> on that five of whether he should kick or circle. Um, so I tell him to rely back on the concept, right? So before you're, before you're even, you're even going, um, you know, it's, it's a triple call, right? So you want to kick, you really want to kick in your mind. So if it's ever foggy or, you know, <clears throat> on that fifth step, he's, you could, you could circle him or kick him, kick him, you know? Um, so that's something that, you know, comes with reps and um, over and over and over and over again in film. Uh, and then where I was in mid-triple, um, <clears throat> it's going to the sideline, right? And so um, we want to get that thing out there to the sideline um, and make it a track meet, right? So um, on their five, you know, they need to circle or kick. But, you know, at, at the same time, if that guy is being really stingy on, you know, maintaining that outside leverage, man, then you have to kick him, right? Um, uh, because you have to stay true to your five steps. So I, there is no gray area um, for me. And I think that, you know, those guys appreciate that because, you know, at the end of the day, they're not like, I coach, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? It's very clear to them um, what they should be doing. Um, and at the end of the day, too, when it when it when you 
when they're falling back to a concept and they don't know what they should do on that fifth step, um, they're going to fall back to that concept. So mid-triple, I don't know. If I should kick or circle this dude, I'm circling him, right? Uh, and so, <clears throat> that's, like I said, man, that takes a lot of practice. And, and you, you, know, you have to have faith in your guys to, to be able to, to know that and do that. Um, but I, I think it's definitely paid off for us um, as far as, you know, getting guys, <laughs> getting our fast guys into space and running, you know? Um, so, um, that's, that's something that, uh, that's something that I would tell slot coaches everywhere, man, is get them to understand concepts, but also, you know, stick to have a hard line, if that makes sense. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this back and uh, marinate <laughs> on this stuff, man, to be honest with you. I'm going to be blowing your phone up, man. You know what I mean? No, no, no. <laughs> but it just makes film easy, man. It makes film easy because when you're watching film, um, it's no longer, you know, oh, coach, um, you know, I, I just wanted to circle that guy, you know. But on his fifth step, the dude was still trying to maintain outside leverage. Why aren't you running through his downhill shoulder, you know, and, and kicking him? Um, so, um, it eliminates all, uh, you know, what ifs and it's and you're dealing in absolutes, which is something the kids appreciate. And I appreciate, um, because everybody's on the same page. So, um, it's pretty, it, it's worked well so far. Uh, no, that's a good explanation. Uh, I, I, I would admit I've not been great with that approach. Um, so, you know, just from my own uh, coaching faults, I guess you'd say, trying to get kids to do that. We've had to yeah. kind of do some other things. So, um, yeah. but that that's a great explanation on on how to do it. Hey, let's transition to kind of talk about culture a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, how do you get your players to take pride in doing the grunt work? Um, you know, that no one else will. Or let's you know, carrying out a fake, cut yeah. off the backside. Yeah. Carry, you know, carry out their their pitch phase to pull a guy, you know, those kind of things. Talk about how you guys are doing that. And then, um, you know, we'll get to the second part of that question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you said the second part of what? Sorry. Well, there, there's going to be two parts of this question. So. Oh, okay, cool. Got you. Um, so, uh, I got to be real with you. Um, the slot backs did not do a great job of um, carrying out their, their fakes this year. Um, and that was definitely a coaching problem. Uh, you know, that was me, um, you know, having too much, um, <laughs> worrying about other stuff, um, and definitely not putting enough emphasis on it. Um, and you know, that was me being a young coach and, and, you know, I'm learning. So, uh, that's something that, uh, this, this spring we put a huge emphasis on. Um, and, uh, but what I'll tell you is the O line has no problem um, with doing the cutoff, uh, backsides and, um, just really scrapping for any ankle, you know, play side pad, anything they could possibly get. Um, you know, the, the coolest thing is watching those guys, uh, you know, uh, not, you, you think they're not going to get to somebody and then they just find and scrap their way to get to that dude. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so for us, the culture part of it, um, you know, what what I'll tell you is, you know, the slots definitely are some of the hardest blockers on the team. And so me me telling you that they that they're you know they were lazy on their their uh, 
their emotion pass was was a me problem, not a them problem. Trust me. So, um, but they embraced the freaking the the blocking part of 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 their job. You know, they come from high schools where, you know, they they never had to block before. You know what I'm saying? And they're just they're they're just the cool guys that get to run the ball and score the touchdowns and get the girls. So, um, I basically when when bees included uh b-backs included um when they come into my room uh it's you know all of y'all are here because you can run the football right um nobody in this room has any doubts that you know one of y'all can run the football in here what's going to separate y'all um on playing time is who's a dog and who's going to take this blocking and assignment stuff to the next level where it's like, Oh, I can't, I can't play anybody else because this guy does it the right way. And he does it with such intensity each time. It's like, I can't afford to play anybody else. Um, and that's just having an honest conversation with those guys, you know? Um, and, and not to mention, you know, the brotherhood aspect of our, of our team. Um, and the fact that, you know, a big deal for us is, wanting to see your brother's success more than your own success. Um, and so when we, when we do say that and, and they, they say it too, it's like, Hey, how, how are you going to be about that? You know? Um, and the best way you can be about that is trying to, you know, block for that guy and bust him for as many touchdowns as possibly <laughs> as you possibly can. Um, <clears throat> and I think our, our, the best example of that was um, our all American uh, running back slot back this year. He was All-American for our conference. Uh, he was by far, in a way, our best blocker we have um, on the slots. Uh, and that dude is is a straight animal um, when it comes to blocking for his for his guys, man. And you can see the passion when he's blocking um, and trying to bust guys for, for touchdowns, man. Um, there's a lot of funny stories. Uh, so <laughs> by week two um, – Cam, that, that All-American running back, he, you know, he hadn't had many runs or anything like that. But all of our other slots who was across from him were just busting for long runs and touchdowns, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had to sit down with these guys in the film room and be like, hey, man, um, you know, this, this has been an awesome run for y'all, but when are y'all going to turn around and, and you know <laughs> – and return the favor, man. Y'all been y'all been killing Cam on his on his um runs and stuff like that, you know, falling back in and making plays. Um and then after that it was, you know, it was never talked about again because he just took off. But um the I mean I, I it's it's different when a lot of these guys just love each other so much, man, and and want the best for each other. Um and that's the best way I can put it is, you know, it's not it's not a me thing it's a, it's a them thing wanting to, you know, you know, be, be the best teammate they can be, man. Hey, second part. I'm a, I mean, people that have listened to this podcast enough know I'm a big 3d coaches guy. So talk yeah. a little bit about like your spotlight and your players, you call them put ups, yeah. um, glows, what, you know, those kind of things that you're doing um, after, after practice and, yeah. I don't know if you do it after games, but for sure after practice. Yeah, we, we actually do do it after games as well. Okay. So um, our, our put-ups, man, um, is based on us being counterculture here as a staff and as, as a team. Um, and the world says it's cooler to roast or make fun of somebody than to put somebody up or give them compliments, you know. So 
um, we kind of took that into our own hands and, and, and ran with it, man. So, um, <clears throat> you know, after every practice and every game, we asked for three put-ups. Um, and so that's three players on our team um, raising their hand and volunteering to acknowledge some, something positive about a teammate um, and, you know, something that happened good in a game or, you know, something outside of football, um, you know, and they have to come up with a chant for them. So uh, they, they get pretty creative with it. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, and it's, and it's really cool, man, because a lot of the people that get put up are the guys that aren't making the highlight plays, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's usually your guys that are on the team that are freaking awesome teammates and don't get, you know, all the glory and all, all the, um, you know, ne never in the newspaper or anything like that. But they're getting put up every freaking practice, man. Um, and, and, you know, the team's chanting their name or doing whatever funny chant they get to do with. Um, but, you know, to, to outsiders, it might seem a really corny when we do it. Um, but the, the difference is, man, um, the difference between corny and cool is when everybody's about it. Um, so when, when all of our team is in, man, it seems really cool. So um, we, we freaking love it. We freaking love it. Yeah, no, we 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 use that. Uh, it's great. I mean, the kid, kids get into it, and you know, the kid that's being spotlighted really enjoys the uh, the recognize, you know, being recognized for the effort they put in, either at practice or. Yeah. I mean, it could have been, you know, they helped somebody in, you know, the locker room or. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be football related. I think that's the cool part. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, and and the kids will take it over too, man. You'll you'll try to end a practice without doing put-ups because you just you know you're a coach you forget and they're like hey coach what about put-ups so it just kind of comes a team a team takeover man like they they do it on their own yeah so yeah it's neat absolutely well, well look coach, man, we really appreciate you coming on unless tony you got anything no i i, I did have just one more thing i wanted to ask you uh, uh, yeah. as far as like uh grading film you know when you grade film um kind of along the lines of the put-ups and stuff like that like do, yeah. do you um do you guys award knockdowns or anything like that kind of um I, I know harding did uh, for, uh they called it the brotherhood eight for those guys that are running fakes or getting that backside cutoff you know they were they were awarding yeah. uh, uh, knockdowns <laughs> yeah. for that yeah um so uh it's actually a team-wide competition so um for us and at harding so uh Usually, always an O line wins it, so it's it's a runaway, man. It's a it's a it's usually a guard or a tackle uh, every single time. Um, so <clears throat> for for us, um, we kind of break it into position groups, um, like position group champions, and then put the totals on uh, on one sheet. So every scout team uh, that we give next week, we got the previous knockdown totals from that week, man. Um, and so for, for the slot group, we do, um, the, the, the acts. And so <clears throat> every, every knockdown, which for us, we say knockouts because we're trying to get away from, you know, uh, the emphasis on you have to cut a guy. Cause if you give an award for cutting a guy, dude's going to cut a guy every single time, you know, even when he probably should stay up high. You know, so <laughs> we've, we've kind of gotten away from knockdowns and we do knockouts. Um, so you take your guy out of the play. Um, and so I kind of got – I get a gold, silver, and bronze Sharpie for those slots and let them sign each week, you know, 
winner, second place, third place. And at the end of the year, you know, the winner with the most KOs gets, gets to take the, the, uh, the, the axe home, man. So just make it, make it fun for each group because wide receiver is never going to win, man. Um, but you can guarantee that if you make it a wide receiver, you know, competition, that those guys are going to be freaking scrambling to try to put corners on their back, you know? Um, but if they see, you know, a center have 50 knockdowns in a game, it's like, man, why, what am I doing here? You know? So, um, that's a big thing that we kind of switched from, from Harding, me being at Harding to here is, um, making it position group um champion type deals so oh very cool man very yeah. cool well coach we appreciate you coming on today man i really appreciate absolutely. it absolutely yeah, awesome absolutely um if if you need if you need any more um you know slot back i, I got some more slot back uh um technique stuff when it comes to arcing and kicking and circling and stuff like that some drills that we do um, just, just hit me up and, um, I'll, I'll definitely get those to you. That's awesome. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, let's see. I hit stop. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or the Google podcast app. You can go on a rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think like to hear about future episodes again i'm matt mcleod you can reach me on twitter at run the triple again that's at run the triple our mesh point podcast uh, has its own twitter page that is at the mesh point again at the mesh point you can also find me on flexbonation.com have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out particularly during the season all right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And uh, The cool thing about us is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. It's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and, uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. I've uh, got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear. And, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.